Thomas Healing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. We've been talking about the sealing. Of course, the sealing goes into the mind of Christ. In Revelation 7, we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. The servants of God are those that are obeying God, and in their forehead is the mind of Christ, but it's in present truth. Not just one verse is being born again, our little children that they've grown up and know that Jesus is the Father. Our young men, for that matter, that know uh, the Word of God is strong in them and overcome the wicked one. This is a final sealing. It's a sealing of fathers. Now in Malachi 4, the last prophet, minor prophet in the Old Testament, he said, Remember my servant Moses. Behold, I send you Elijah before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. Definitely before, not during, not after. Now, of course, the day of the Lord comes as a destruction from the Almighty, and all the wicked will be destroyed out of it It reserved against the day of fire. Not water as it was in the days of Noah, but fire. And uh, the ministry of Elijah is a restoration ministry, to restore all things. And that is the faith that was once delivered to the saints. We're earnestly contended for that. It's growing up into Jesus in all things. The things are the things of faith. Faith is the substance of things so far. The evidence of things not seen. That faith, Jesus stated to the disciples after he was going to Mount Calvary as he's going to Golgotha and as he's going there to be crucified to Jerusalem he said I have many things to tell you disciples but you're not able to bear them now now they'd walked with Jesus for three and a half years and he said I have many things to tell you but you're not able to bear them now and they had walked with Jesus and asked him many questions and he had uh, literally at that point revealed to them that he would die, be buried, and rise again. But he said there's many more things to come. Now, Jesus went about preaching and teaching the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is what the apostles preached, the kingdom of God. And that's what we should be preaching today as ministers of the Lord, the kingdom of God. Now, there's a kingdom age coming in this world, which is to come. Tasted of the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, the age to come, which is the kingdom age or the thousand-year millennial reign of Jesus Christ. thousand years is mentioned seven times in the book of the Revelation, a specified period of time, 1,000 years. It's noteworthy because none of the original uh, Adam and his his progeny lived to be a thousand years old. The progenitors did not live to be a thousand. Thousand is perfected glory. Adam lived to be 930 years old. Methuselah, 969. Methuselah, after he dies, it shall be seen. Lamech, 777 years. But no one lived to be a thousand years old. Why? 
because that's perfected glory. And then God cut it down to 120 years. And then from 120 to three score and 10 are 70 years. We have now the work of the ministry that we are called for to restore those things which was lost by disobedience by one man, Adam. By one man's disobedience, sin came to the world and death by sin. Therefore, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. As the offense of one by their uh, disobedience brought sin upon all the earth, all in Adam all of sin, even so by one man shall he bring many to righteousness. As the offense is of one, so also the free gift is of one. One man lost it, a man, one man will redeem us back. That man is Jesus Christ. But he said he was doing a new thing. A new thing is a great thing, Psalm 126. It is the last great reign of his strength. It's a new wine. It's the new thing. But we find in the word of God, because of disobedience, that the new wine is cut off from us. It says there in Amos, whenever it was only three months to the, to the rain, the latter rain, the new rain. And God said there in Amos 4, verse 7, I have withholding the rain from you, held it back. When there was yet three months to the harvest, and I caused it to rain upon one city, and caused it not to rain upon another city. One place was rained upon, and the place whereupon it rained not withered. So two or three cities wandered unto one city to drink water, but they were not satisfied. Yet have you not returned unto me, saith the Lord? God has his way in the wind and in the whirlwind. Shall there be evil in the city? Now the Lord God hath not done it. God said in Deuteronomy 32, I kill, I make alive. I wound, I heal. I do all these things. God controls the weather pattern. And all this, yet they would not return to the Lord. And therefore the rain was withholding the three months before harvest. And that rain is essential for the harvest. And we know, say not, there's four months yet to harvest, for the fields are already white to harvest. But we need laborers in the field. And in Joel, he said, How, you drinkers of wine, and the ministers, to cry and howl, for the new wine is cut off from you. We find in Hosea, the ninth chapter, that the new wine will fail in those ministers. And the prophet is a snare of a fowler in all his ways. Hatred in the house of his God. Why? Because they're following their own heart. What seemeth to be right to a man. But the Lord will do a work in the last days, and it's a strange work to bring to pass his act, his strange act. Don't mock at it. Let your bands be made strong. For I've heard of the Lord of hosts, a consumption 
decreed upon all the inhabitants of the earth. O earth, 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 hear ye the word of the Lord. But the consumption decreed will overflow in righteousness. It won't be a total end of the world. It will be an end of the wicked. The new wine, the new thing that God will do, he said, and uh, Jeremiah, he said, I will do a new thing. A woman shall compass a man. Now the stork and the crane observe the time of their coming. But my people know not the judgment of the Lord. The judgment of God is when in earth, in the earth, men will learn righteousness. They will learn the true Jesus because judgment will reveal the power of God and all shall know him from the least to the greatest. For thy judgments are made manifest, O Lord. All will know him. The knowledge of the glory of the Lord shall cover the earth as the waters cover the seas. But what is this new thing? We find in Amos 7, it's a latter growth. After the king's mowings, God's going to mow some things down. There's pestilence, plagues. God's four sword judgments. Famine, pestilence, sword, and noisome beast. Going through the land. All these are the beginning of sorrows, birth pangs. Birth pangs is so Jesus can be manifest and come forth in and through the body of Christ. The man-child caught up to God into his throne is not a rapture because we find that that flight is in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day, for then two wings of a great evil eagle will be given to the woman where she flieth into the wilderness, where she has a place prepared of God from the face of the serpent for a time times dividing of a time, three and a half years, 42 months. It's the latter growth, which is the latter rain. Now, this new thing that God is doing is that latter rain. It's a new thing, and it is a radical change from Pentecost. A radical change in that God will lay judgment to the line, righteousness to the plummet. The mercies of God endures forever. But those that sin against him, he said, I'm angry with the wicked every day. So there is the love of God, yes, and there is the wrath of God. Depending on whether or not we obey him in obedience unto righteousness or whether we're carnally minded, which will bring forth sin, which will bring forth death. So to be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. So whosoever we yield to our members as servants to obey him are the servants to whom we obey, whether of obedience unto righteousness, going up into him in Jesus in all things, being not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, or literally yielding our members of sin unto death. And this judgment will show forth the holy from the profane, the righteous from the wicked. He that serves God versus he that does not serve God. And they said, ask of your reign in the time of the latter rain. Though the Lord will make bright clouds, send forth showers to everyone, grass in the field. 
but he will be sought for this. If we do not seek God in obedience and all things, not a hear of the word, but a doer of the word, then this latter rain, this new thing, the new wine, will literally be stayed from us, kept from us. So there's a call going all through the land, through the nations, globally, in the work of the ministry. It is the sealing of God's people. It's what he's doing now to those that have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And that is going from newborn babies. And somebody said, well, I'm born again. Well, that's good. But we have to do the will of God. That's the reason he said, work out your own salvation with trembling and fear, not your own plan of salvation. The plan of salvation is already given to us. Born of the water and the Spirit, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, and getting into that by repenting and being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of our sins. Born of the water. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Born of the Spirit. The promise is unto you, to your children, to a many that are far off, even to as many as the Lord our God shall call. That's not full grown. That's newborn babies. They're unskillful in the word of righteousness. They do not know that we, the body of Christ, are to come to the full measure of the statue of Jesus Christ. And to do that, we have to go through from faith to faith, from glory to glory, in a progressive glorification. And that's the reason he said, whom he did foreknow, the Lord himself. Those that he did foreknow, them he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. The whole will of God from the foundation of the world has been to gather all things together in one in Christ Jesus to the glory of God Almighty, to the praise of his glory. So those that he foreknew, in his foreknowledge that he knows all things, not subject to time, infinite in all things and knowledge of all things, there knows all that are in God and going to obey him. He said, I knew you before the world was. Your members being unperfect, not imperfect, unperfect. Now, though not even thought of except in the foreknowledge of God. He said, I wrote you in my book because he knew then the will and the volition of man, whether they would obey God, would obey him or not. Well, then that foreknowledge is predestination. Not according to free will, but according to the foreknowledge of God, knowing what your free will, your volition and what you're going to do even before you do it. He knows what you're going to ask before you ask it. But we, he, the Lord God, will be sought by prayer and supplication, being made known unto the Lord God Almighty. Prayer is adoration, glorifying him for who he is, for he is God. Supplications is making your request known unto God. So you make prayers and supplications to him. Well, those that he foreknew in that foreknowledge, them he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, not just a newborn baby, 
not just little children, but full grown in the image of Jesus Christ. He goes on and says that he would bring many sons unto glory because we predestined to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, his son. That, that function of an office that is the Father revealed in a body of flesh and blood in the days of his flesh, showing us the way, the truth, and the life, and how to overcome to the end and be saved. And by faith, pleasing God. Without faith, it's impossible to please him because we are to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. For it's God that worketh in us both the will and the do of his good pleasure, not our will, but his will. And anyone that does not do the will of God will not make heaven. So you're called for a specific purpose, a specific calling, a member in particular that you and I, each individual member, are called to do. The body being compacted together and fitly framed together, whichever joint supplies to the edifying of itself in love, through the supply of the Spirit. The calling of God. We must make that calling and election sure. And we do that through the Word of God. The sealing is Christ. It's the sealing of the Holy Ghost. But he said in this foreknowledge, that I did foreknow, those that I did foreknow, them I did predestinate to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers, and those that he did predestinate. Them he also justified. He called and he justified. But then, after the calling, make your calling election sure. Then, they only added to that justification. So, those that he foreknew, them that he predestined, and whom he predestined, them he called, and whom he called, them he justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified, to be conformed to the perfect image of Jesus Christ unto a perfect man. To do that, requires us to do the will of God, not our own will. Not just joining a church or a denomination and giving homage and paying tithes and offerings and being on a church roll saying that that's it, that's all there is to it. No, we must do the will of God. We must find the conquest of what we're called to do, the quest of life. What we're called for each individual member is called for a specific work in the body of Christ. Now, there is no differentiation in the birth. There's no difference in the love of God to the oldest apostle on the field now and the newborn uh, young man or woman that just came into God. For God is no respect to a person. But in the calling of God, in the will of God, and what you're called to do, in that will of God that he's called you for must be found in that calling and make it sure. Making that calling and election sure that you have done the will of God, that you know the will of God, you know his voice, 
you've heard that voice and obeyed it, not just to hear the word, but a doer the word. Now, the voice of God is particular, specific. It literally divides asunder the soul and the spirit. Those that know the voice of God are the sheep of God. My sheep know my voice, and a stranger they will not follow. Now, not all are called to be apostles. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all have the gifts of miracles? There is a specific calling on each member in the body of Christ that is fitly framed together perfectly for the manifestation of these different ministrations, but one spirit, but various and different ministrations, different ministries, which all reveal Jesus Christ for his glory. So what is the will of God for your life? What has God called you to do? The only way to know that, because if we don't know it, then we can't do it. If we don't know the voice of God and we can't recognize that voice, then we certainly cannot obey it. We have to know the voice of God. And that requires being born again, but not staying as little babies that desire the sincere miracle of the word. They may grow thereby. They're unskillful in the word of righteousness. Paul tells us that in Hebrews 5 then how do you know the voice of God? It's not something you hear with a natural ear. It is in the eye of the Spirit. The any man have an ear to hear, an ear. It's the ear to the Spirit that what we see, if an eye be single, not eyes, but eye, it's eye to your Spirit. If thine eye be single, thy whole body is full of light. But if thine eye be darkness, oh, how great is that darkness. So it's the will of God that we must seek God for in each individual member coming to the full measure of Jesus Christ, doing the will of God for their individual lives. And this is something that's just not taught. It's like, well, if you join the church and you've done uh, the whatever they tell you to do to be born again. And there's many different ideas on that, that they say you're saved and there's all there is to it, which is just not so. You must be born of the water and spirit first of all. And it's John three, Peter having the keys to the kingdom tells us how we're to be born again. They were pricked in their heart. And uh, they said, men and brethren, what must we do? Then Peter said, repent. Not just repent and that's all there is, but repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? For the remission of your sins. That's the only way to have your sins remitted is by baptism. And that's not taught in the churches. It is through baptism that the body of the sins of the flesh is destroyed by baptism. Colossians 2, 10 through 12. Romans 6, 1 through 4. That is only done by the spiritual circumcision of the heart. That's how you believe with your heart, not with your intellect or your mind. Not asking Jesus to come into your heart, but believing with your heart. How? Having the heart circumcised. And there's only way to have it circumcised, and that is through baptism. 
because baptism is the circumcision of the heart in the spirit, whose praise is not of man, but of God. And I'm assuming that you've done that. And you become a newborn baby. You've been born of the water and the spirit. You have obeyed Acts 2.38. You've repented and been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, born of the water. And you have received the gift of the Holy Ghost, born of the Spirit. You are a newborn baby. But you can't stay there. The newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word. They may grow thereby. Grow, yes, you have to grow in Him. Grow in the Lord Jesus Christ. You have to follow the leading of the Holy Ghost in obedience unto righteousness. The next step is from the little babies to little children. A newborn baby desires that sincere milk of the word. They're unskillful in the word of righteousness, but then they go to little children. They've grown. And we know this because John tells us in his epistle, 1 John 2, 12-14, I write unto you, little children, because you've known the Father. Well, they have certainly grown. They know that Jesus is the Father. Because Jesus said in Romans 8, 13-27, If you had known me, you should have known my Father also. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father, John 14. The words that I speak are not mine. The Father that dwelleth in me houses permanently in me. He's the one doing the works. If you don't believe me, believe me for the work's sake. Because it is God, the Father of glory, manifest in a body of flesh as the Son of God. That's healing the sick, cleansing the leper, raising the dead, casting out devils, opening blind eyes, loosing the dumb tongues, the lame walking the captive, going free. And Jesus said, Blessed is he whomsoever is not offended in me. Well, many are offended in Christ because they don't see why they're in a world and can't live after the world. They think they can have it both. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's of the world, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, and the lust of the flesh, and the world passes away with the lust thereof. But whosoever doeth, whosoever doeth the will of God, abideth forever. We must do the will of God. Now, coming from newborn baby to little children, now the quest for life is to find the will of God for your individual life, your calling, your individual calling. And it's different. Not everyone's called to be an apostle or a prophet or a teacher our governments, or helps, or whatever. But you do have a specific calling in your life. Somebody said, well, I'm called to make money, just give it away. Well, there is a specific calling for you, and I can assure you it's more than just making money. It's doing the will of God. And that, not just a successful businessman, but as a living epistle for the Lord Jesus Christ, and that calling is only known through the voice of God. We have to know. It's imperative that we know the voice of God. My sheep know my voice. A stranger, they will not follow. The sheep follow that lamb whithersoever he goeth. 
Now, how do we know? How can you know the will of God for your life? Well, that's the quest. Paul tells us in Romans 12, verse 1, this is how you find the will of God for your life. I beseech you, brethren, he's talking to the church, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed. There's a transformation going on. A transferred what? Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought not Robert be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, broken, humble, contrite, literally condescending to men of low estate, preferring their brethren above themselves. That mind is the mind that we have to have, a mind of a servant. And he that's greatest in the kingdom of God will be a servant of all. Therefore, to find the will of God, to know that voice, and to do the will of God, which is essential for salvation. Somebody said, I've never heard that before. Well, in the constitution of the kingdom of heaven, who is going to make the kingdom of heaven? And what is the bylaws, the constitution? What constitutes the kingdom of heaven? Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Jesus said, Matthew 5, be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Then he goes on and says in Matthew 7, not all that say unto me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in. They were born again. But they did not do the will of God. Jesus said so. And that day they will say, Lord, we've done many wonderful works in your name. We prophesied in your name. We cast out devils in your name. Then he will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Iniquity is lawlessness. You didn't follow the leading of the Holy Ghost. You might have been born again. You might have been even filled with the Spirit of God, born of the water and the Spirit, but you did not listen and obey the voice of God. And because you lived in the world, even after you were filled with the Holy Ghost and born again, and you might even have the revelation, have little children, that he is the father of glory. He is the father revealed, manifest in flesh. God was manifest in the flesh, 1 Timothy 3.16, which is the mystery of godliness. And you did grow that far as little children. But now, young men, you've got to go to that stage of young men. And those are the ones that will overcome. They're the overcomers. The word of God is strong in them, and they've overcome the wicked one. They do that through obedience of the word. And then, final growth is a Revelation 7 sealing of fathers, the servants of God in their forehead. They're full grown. And I write unto you, fathers, because you have known him that's from the beginning. I have written unto you, fathers, because you have known him that's from the beginning. That is knowing Jesus in the work of the ministry, going up into him in all things, all truth. They have come to all truth. When that which is perfect has come, all these things which are in part will be done away with. We have knowledge in part. We see through a glass darkly now, but then face to face, the same glory, that we will be glorified 
we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power might be of gotten out of ourselves. The Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. We all, the body of Christ, with an open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image, from glory to glory. Now, he says, work out your own salvation. With fear and trembling. It's something to be taken very seriously. For it's God that worketh in you, both to will and to do. We have to do something. We have to do the will of God, of his good pleasure, not what we want, but what he has called us for. And we can only do that through hearing the voice of God and obeying it unto fullness of the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ unto a perfect man. And that is through the word of God. Christ is our ceiling. Christ is all and in all. Christ is that Holy Ghost that's leading us and guiding us into all truth. And he says that in Romans 12. Be not conformed to this, this world. Be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God is. Then when this new thing happens and he's preparing the body of Christ for it now, you will have an individual part in that. The eye can't say to the foot, I have no need of you. For God has put the more abundant honor on the less comely parts that there be no chism or division in the body. We need each other. The apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, pastor, and teacher, the helps, the governments, uh, the workers of miracles, etc. all of this working together for the Lord Jesus Christ to be glorified in his glory, working in and through you. But we have to walk according to his will. And that's the reason in Matthew 7, when we say, well, they were born again. They called him Lord, Lord, and no man can call Jesus Lord except by the Holy Ghost. They had the Spirit of God. They were born again, and they were little children. They knew that Jesus is the Father. They were good apostolics. But they did not do the will of God. They didn't carry on and follow on to know the Lord. That is going forth is prepared as the morning. He'll come to us as the rain, the former and the latter rain, in the first month. But this new wine, it's cut off from us. Why? Because we're seeking our own. Everybody seeketh their own way in the worldly ways. So therefore, we must crucify the flesh with the affections of the lust, seeking him diligently for the will of God to be done in our lives. And through the word of God, we are transformed by the renewing of our mind so that we can prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God for us is and do it. And God says, it's God that worketh in you, both the will and the do of his good pleasure. We must do that. Because Jesus told those over there, you didn't do the will of God. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. They were born again, but they did not do the will of God. Therefore, they couldn't enter in the kingdom of heaven. That's a very drastic 
and is profound that not all that say Lord, Lord to the Lord Jesus will be able to enter in. And those are the ones that were born again and they were newborn babes and they had gone to the next level of little children but did not overcome the wicked one. They did not do the will of God. The word of God was not strong in them. And when that word of God is strong in you, and you learn the voice of God, not with the human ear, but an ear to hear. Let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. God speaking to you through your spirit, the conscious bearing you witness in the Holy Ghost. And there God is performing that work today in gathering his people together for the work of the ministry. What is the will of God for your life? What has he called you for? If this is struck a chord with you, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, has literally bore witness with your spirit that you're called for something greater. You're called for something more than just warming a pew. Like they said, uh, the man and the woman had come to the church there with their kids for many, many years. And one Sunday service, they, someone else had got their pew. And the man and the woman there uh, and his wife and children were a little upset and said, this is my pew. This is my pew. We've been here for years. I, and when the fast pastor said, pew we go too much to thinking that we're right with God simply because we warm a pew. We think that we've done the will of God because we go to church and not realizing there is a specific work in the revelation of Jesus Christ and the work of the ministry that we must do in order to be saved, working out our own salvation with fear and trembling, for it's God that worketh in us both to will. We have to do God's will and to do. We must do that will of God. And to do that, we must know his voice and follow the leading of it. If you have questions, please write to us. We'd love to hear from you. If this is more witness with your spirit, we would love to meet you as God is gathering together his body in one right now, bone to bone, whichever joint supplies to the edifying of itself and love, and it will be a great army throughout the world, not a denomination. Not a denomination. It's the body of Christ. Led of and by the Holy Ghost for his glory, which we must all give an account to him in doing the will of God. Well, if you have questions or if you feel that there is a work there for you and you feel that there's something in there for us and you would like to contact us, we would like to join with you. Write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas. Zip code 75606. Or you can write to me or message me over the websites at dennisbeard.org or sailinggodspeople.org or sailinggodspeople.com. We love to hear from you. We thank you for your prayerful support and your generous donations by which we keep these podcasts coming to you. Until the next time. 
This is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.